Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wichita Lee. And we don't know where to begin. So we're just going to do what we do when we don't know where to begin, which is just spin the wheel of fuckery. Um, and Waz, you get the first spin and uh, and we'll go from there. All right. I'm spinning the wheel mm-hmm. and the wheel lands in beep, pop, boop, Alabama. Okay. That bastion of empathy and diversity. Oh, you know, Alabama, that history of fighting for human equality. Oh, that Alabama that, you know, just votes for the very best, very fine people where they had Doug Jones, but they decided, you know what? Here's a competent, decent man uh, who barely beat the child predator uh, Roy Moore. So let's replace Mm -hmm. him with this dumbass, unqualified football coach named Tommy Tuberville who, mm-hmm. as of this recording, is still holding up more than 300 military positions, which has, as you know, Danielle, sacrificed our military preparedness and our national security, but he doesn't care because he's Tommy Tuberville. And that alone should be enough news, Danielle, to talk about Alabama, the fact that we are not talking about every single day that one single unqualified extremist senator from the great state of Alabama literally is holding up military appointments that our own military leadership is saying is harming national security. That should be the biggest news. But there's actually bigger news even for women's rights. And now I will punt it over to you, Danielle, because I saw it off of your retweet, off of the person who should have been president, but unfortunately she has ovaries. Uh, Hillary Clinton talked about the following that is happening in Alabama. So... Hillary Clinton tweeted, quote, I'm not seeing enough people talking about this horrific move by Republican officials in Alabama to restrict women's freedom of movement. You've got to be kidding me. And just to give folks um, a little bit of context to her tweet, which is Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall said the state can prosecute people who help women travel out of state for abortions in response to a lawsuit filed by a pro-abortion rights group and owners of women's clinics. Mm. Marshall filed a motion Monday 
uh, in federal court to dismiss a lawsuit filed by providers, the ACLU and Yellowhammer Fund, which helped fund abortions in Alabama before the U.S. Supreme Court struck down the right to an abortion with the Dobbs decision. So basically, um, what I uh, quote retweeted from the woman who should have been president of the United States, but did not uh, become president was this. So it's not enough to ban abortion in Alabama. Now the Republican cult is banning free movement of pregnant women. If y'all don't wake the fuck up, we allow this uh, to did just stand. Say that? Oh, yes, is I that, did. Is no, that I said this. Yes, this is me verbatim. Um, because here's the thing that I pointed out, Waj, is that when you're looking at these state by state, the way the Republican Party is dismantling democracy, the way that they are passing legislation with their super majorities that they have gotten because of gerrymandering and oppressing votes in a whole host of ways to have overt power in that state is that it is everyone said, oh, they're not going to overturn abortion, right? We watched the Supreme Court justices that were appointed by the twice impeached disgraced rapist, former president of the United States, say before the Senate Judiciary Committee that what's precedent is precedent. So we said, oh, okay, we'll trust them. I don't understand why, because they were appointed by a serial fucking liar. Nonetheless, they go ahead, they do the Dobbs decision, and we say, well, that's okay, because these women, right, even though they may be low income, even though they have to travel hundreds of miles, they'll still be a patchwork of protections around the country. And now, and now Alabama is saying, oh, pretty much. This is Gaza, and you're not allowed to fucking leave. Yeah. Right? right? And if you do, maybe they'll sue the airline. Maybe they'll sue the, oh, the Uber drivers. Maybe they'll sue, you know, Amtrak. Who the fuck knows? But you're it's, it's not- it's part of a conspiracy, right? That's it. Right. Because you're not, as a pregnant person, able to leave the state of Alabama because not only do they control your uterus, they control your entire being. And there's no democracy there. It's, you know, when we when we make the example or the analogy of Handmaid's Tale, uh, the novel written by Margaret Atwood that was also made into a, a TV show, people say, oh, it's so extreme. You're being hateful. It's not like that. It's not under, you know, his eye. We're not making women wear robes and be, you know, handmaidens who basically their only purpose, if you have not read the book or seen the movie, is to be sex servants to white Christian men, right? They lay down there and they get raped by these men and their job is just to produce babies for them. That's it. And people say, oh, how dare you say that? No. And, you know, it's, it's not they're going to let women read and have rights. This is just about <laughs> abortion. Right. Uh, no. Uh, and not only, and I'm glad you said this, Daniel, give those examples. It's anyone who can help that woman, right? So if you're, like you said, a taxi cab driver or even doctors right now, let's, let's stop talking about fiction. Even right now uh, in Arkansas, medical providers are hesitant to do, you know, life-saving abortions, which by the way, if you know anything about a woman's body or pregnancy, this happens all the time, folks. Uh, abortions happen all the time to save the life of the mother or if the baby is dead to get the baby out, that's an abortion, right? But 
if you're a medical provider, you'd be like, whoa, 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 I don't know. I mean, I want to help you. But if I if this is seen as an abortion, then I'm a co-conspirator and I can be in jail for more than 10 years. It's about control. It's about cruelty. Right. And and this is something that you would think you would think uh, white women, the majority of whom I'm sorry to say this, white women. I know you are listeners. We love white women. Some of our favorite women are white women. Especially the moderate white woman, my favorite white woman. But the, the data shows a slim majority of white women voted for Trump in 2016. And even a greater number voted for him in 2020. So it's one of those situations where you sit there and you go, what will it take, Danielle, for women to realize, yo, they ain't messing around. They went after abortion. Now, if you use Alabama as, as, a, as, if you will, like as a laboratory for the right-wing fever dreams, and let me say, they're wet dreams, uh, they're going to restrict your movement. And then also, when I bring out, and I know you bring out both on the show and on social media, that they're coming after contraceptives and they're coming after marriage equality because they have told you mm-hmm. what makes you think they won't. What makes you think they won't? especially after what you just told me right now, what's happening in Alabama. You know, and, and, and the thing is, we always in America like to sit up on our high horse and we like to look down on other countries, you know, particularly those whose majority religion is something other than uh, white Christian nationalism. I'm sorry, Christianity. Um, and so, you know, you'll look at Iran and the uprising that happened there by led by women, right? Um, whose rights as they rolled into a full-fledged authoritarian state in the mid-1970s, um, lost a lot of their a lot of their rights, right? right. Um, and these women were fighting back because they have been abused over the last 40 to 50 years. And we'll look at Afghanistan and the United States goes in there, occupies the nation. They turn it back over to the Taliban. And now women are banned from leaving their homes Mm. and are no longer able to attend school are no Mm. longer able to work. And they're no longer able to go to hairdressers, which you may roll your eyes at. But that was the place, a meeting space for women um, to be safe with one another, right. And to talk and, and connect and share. And that network, um, has been dismantled. And if this were happening in any other country, it would be headline news in the foreign affairs section of every major outlet. But because it is America doing this to other Americans, we're pretending still that this is somehow a both sides issue. I still hear fucking analysts talking about tribalism. This is not tribalism, right? Just like we talked about last week, shit being racially tinged. It's not, right? So you have this, this, this notion that if you were to remove Republican from it and insert any other nation's political party, and I use that in quotation marks, we would put them on a list. Yes, right. right. The United Nations would have them on a list. We were already called in 2021 a backsliding democracy. And you're seeing Democrats continue to tell people to vote. They vote in mass and Republicans say, fuck you and your vote. Yeah, we have and power. We ha- what and, are you going to do we, about it? 
and we have no and and what's the recourse? Because what I heard on cable news with regard to what is happening is that there is none. Right? Like there's just there's nothing we can do. Yeah, it's well, it's one of those things, you know, Danielle, when when a lot of our majority, but not exclusively white fellow Americans, who by the way are the real Americans from the heartland and are electable and live in the suburbs, because Danielle and I, we're just these these Morlocks who just emerged from the swamps. <laughs> You know, and like, oh, sunlight, it burns, it burns. You know, we oh live on the God. fringes. Uh, we're not real Americans, but they, you know, they have a lot of economic anxiety, Danielle. And we have to understand their pain and their rage and frustration. And we have to do everything in our power to mollify them. And if we, God forbid, uh, get frustrated that, you know, oh, I don't know, someone who's black might just get shot or killed uh, for breathing in America. Uh, we have to... You know, we can't be angry about it. We just have to, we have to gently tell people, hey, you know, we just want to breathe if you don't mind. And if, you know, you're brown skinned, you know, don't, you know, just be, do friendly Arabic in the plane. Even if you're doing a little prayer, just nice Arabic, just smile, but don't smile too much because that, that'll be freaky. And, and, you know, if you're a woman, don't, don't, don't you don't want to be seen as bossy, Danielle, you know, you don't want to lean in too hard. Uh, so you just kind of lean around. And so just just police <laughs> your anger and, and make sure that you don't rile up the economic anxiety of so many of our Americans who are part of this MAGA movement who literally, and I use the word literally as it's meant to be used, tell us to our face, we don't care about freedom. We don't care about democracy. We don't care about your rights. We care about power. And with that, you have inspired me to spin the wheel. And yes. I'm spinning the wheel and I'm going to stay in the South and now I'm going to land in another fantastic bastion of equality and diversity and wokeness, Arkansas. Hmm. And in Arkansas, the former governor, well, the former governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee, as of this recording, just an hour ago, I I'm going to tell you what he said. And I want your oh, thoughts dear. on this, Daniel. Mm -hmm. This is on Twitter. It just came out like an hour and a half ago on, on his TV show, because apparently that's what happens for Republicans who after they become politicians, they just go on TV and get a lucrative career as a host. He says, if Trump doesn't win in 2024, quote, it is going to be the last American election that will be decided by ballots rather than bullets. End quote. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. 
Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so um, I feel that this is tribally tinged. And (laughs) I think that what in the entire fuck, right? (laughs) Because let's just make things very clear. What Huckabee just did right there was incite violence. There you go. What he did right there was utilize his platform um, to encourage violence, which should be, I don't know, I guess if only you were a person of color or a black person, uh, be punishable by law, right? Like that's that's how that would or be even public run opinion. down. I mean, I don't want to interrupt you, but I was just thinking as you were saying this, like imagine if you said this on our podcast. Right. Like, what this happen? is what I'm but imagine if you tweeted it, right? <laughs> like, you know, and you happen to be Muslim and you say that Surprise, this is gonna I be am. the last free and fair election that's gonna be decided by a ballot rather than bullets. And guess what you would be called? A terrorist, right? Guess what I would be called? A terrorist. Mm. Mike Huckabee says it, he's just impassioned. Right. The passions are high on both sides. Mm. No, only one of them is calling for bullets. Only one of them is calling for you to be armed and take your country back. Only one of them is in responsible for the overthrowing of the Capitol building Mm. by force. And so I just, you know, it's like, hello, FBI. Is anyone home? Like this, is anybody there? Because If an average Joe, Jane, Jose, Mm. right, were to tweet that or put that up on Reddit or one of their right, they would be flagged, right? They would be flagged. Former governor, this guy's the former governor governor. and Republican presidential candidate. So just imagine if, like, hell, a Democrat, a former Democrat elected official, if he. If a former Democrat elected official went and said this on TV, this would be nonstop news, Danielle. And so many of our colleagues who know better, but they always bend the knee because they're not built for this moment or made for this fight. They'd sit there and go along with the right wing bad faith talking points and like wag their finger and say, how dare? How could you say that? It would lead the news for three days. And this is going to be this is going to go away in like an hour. I just I just don't, you know. I tell you that the more I hear these stories these days, whether it is Huckabee, what the Republicans are doing in Alabama, what they're doing right now in Wisconsin to oust a Supreme Court justice that was duly elected, that hasn't even heard a case yet, but would Mm. give the Supreme Court in Wisconsin a liberal majority. And because the rule of law doesn't exist for Republicans anymore, um, they're going to unseat her. And I just want to, and who won by 11 points, it it is, I I don't know what to say about this moment, but what I do know is that 
telling people to vote and they do, but you have no other plan to assert and grow power outside of that can no longer stand. Mm. The Democratic Party's response to what Republicans are doing state by state to dismantle democracy, to throw out the rule of law, whether it is in Tennessee with the Tennessee Three and two of them being removed and then have to be voted back in in a special election because the Republicans there said, oh, I don't care if people voted for you, you're out of here. Happening in Wisconsin with the judge, happening in, it's just like, you can't just tell people to vote and that be it when Republicans are unrelenting in their power grab. When Am they I crazy? go low, Danielle. Go to the fucking sewer. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I don't understand here, like, what the fuck we're doing. And we need to be, and I know, I know that the NAACP, uh, LDF, the ACLU, and others are waging, you know, court battles and court cases. But at the end of the day, you're waging them inside of a system that was already rigged by McConnell and Trump. So how the fuck do you plan on winning inside of a rigged game? You can't win, which is why Democrat, this is what's so frustrating, is that I have friends in media who tell me that they beg Democrats to actually come on their show and fight back. But Democrats want to take the high ground. Well, guess who doesn't take the high ground? The right wing, MAGA. Guess who floods the zone with their talking points? Guess who said that who cares about the Democrats? The media is the enemy. Steve Bannon said that. Now, Steve Bannon, who is a human troll, uh, I agree with him when he when he says he, that, you know, he understands where cultural and politics are fought in America. It's the media. And in the media right now, just to give me an example of what you were saying, Biden, Biden economics has actually done a fantastic job. But 70 plus percent of Americans, according to Wall Street Journal poll, think that inflation is going the wrong way, which is completely divorced from reality, Danielle, right? But here's Biden saying, no, we have to stay above that. No, I won't, you know, take a criticism of McConnell, who has had two zombie moments right now, even though Mitch McConnell is the friggin' crypt keeper of the Senate, who's done everything in his power to take a sledgehammer to democracy. Oh, no, I won't use the word fascism. I'll accidentally blurt out semi-fascism in a fundraiser. And even though my base responded, I'll still play it cool, right? They have not still realized they need to take off the gloves and fight. And when Biden did it in the, uh, what was it, the uh, a note to, uh, addressed to the nation, remember when he had mm -hmm. that moment uh, with Social Security? It rallied the troops, man. And Americans realized, oh, it's not both sides. These mother efforts want to take away my Social Security. So when, like, you literally see example after example after example that whenever Democrats stand up and fight and demand accountability, the majority response defensive democracy impeachment january 6th hearings abortion rights social security and yet one year out from the election they still aren't fighting even as the poll numbers literally reflect a freaking bizarro reality which shows you that right-wing talking points have influenced mainstream media coverage which should be telling the good news hey biden economics has worked hey they pulled us out of the gutter. Hey, we're actually doing pretty well. But instead, people are like, I don't know. I trust the Republicans more. I don't know. That's the fault of Democratic messaging, not realizing the system is so corrupt and the media institutions 
they just bend to power. You have the power. Flex your power. And I'm going to spin the wheel on a good news today that just came out. Oh, because I want to give people an example of what does accountability look like and what does fighting look like? What happens when people fight back? They're, re they're relentless. They don't give up. I'm spinning the wheel, Danielle. Mm -hmm. And I have landed in New York at a courthouse and a federal judge just gave some very good news to E. Jean Carroll. What's the news? You didn't hear the news? You're breaking, you're breaking it right now for oh, me. Oh, you didn't know it? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't oh. know it, so break it. E. Jean Carroll, Justin, wins a partial victory in her second defamation case against Donald Trump. The federal judge ruled a trial is only needed to determine how much money Trump has to pay her in damages. Uh, that's Ooh, it. So, this is on top of the five million that she won. On top of the five million in then May. Then he went out and defamed her again on CNN and on social and on his broke down social media. So she took him to court again. Um, okay, and she so, won. And she won. Bravo, Eugene. So Eugene didn't give up. She was shit on, death threats, rape threats, maligned. She goes, this is my truth. I'm going to fight. In May, for those who don't remember, E. Jean won. Uh, a jury of his peers found Trump, the leader of the GOP, a liable for sexually abusing E. Jean Carroll and defaming her $5 million in damages. Mm -hmm. And like the dumbest that he is, he goes on with CNN, where, CNN he, where, where Chris yeah. Licht gave him a, a, a forum, 90-minute forum, to pretty much spew all his hate. Mm -hmm. He decided to mark you, her. I'm just sorry, sorry, Waj. Do you know other rapists that get a town hall right at, like the day after their case that they lose and a judge says that you are a rapist? Like, does that, like, have you, do you have record of another person getting a town hall? Who Only was a, if you're a real American from the Rust Belt, you know, like Donald Trump, who lives in Mar-a-Lago and was right, born with a it. silver spoon. But like the dumbass that he is, that day he said it in real in real time, and E. Jean in real time tweeted, "I'm going to talk to my lawyers," and she did, and she won again. So just some good news on accountability, and I want to spin the wheel one more time, please. And I want to land in Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. I laughed so hard. This dumbass. Enrique Tario, oh, leader Lord. of the this is Proud such, Boys. This is, this is good news. Enrique Tario, leader say, of the Say Proud it again. Boys. Roll the R. Yes. Danielle, I know you want to get this off your chest. Let, let us have a moment. Yeah, so, you know, here's the thing. Enrique Tario is the former head of the Proud Boys. He is a Latino man. He is a Latino man that has caped for white supremacy and mm. has felt that his proximity to Donald Trump and other Republicans was going to be his key to power and victory, right? When Donald Trump said on that stage, stand back and stand by, he was talking to Enrique, who had, you know, mm. the reins on the power that was the Proud Boys. This motherfucker just got the longest mm. sentence dished out by a federal judge against an insurrectionist and is now facing 22 years in prison. So while Enrique wanted to cape for white supremacy and thought that his proximity was going to save him, his ass has now received 
the longest. Now I laugh because I'm like, of course he would. He's the person of color, right? Like he's the guy of color, not the other Oath Keeper that got 17 years or whatever. He is the person of color that got the longest sentence. If that is not beautiful poetry, I don't know what is. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's it's like Samuel L. Jackson's character from uh, Django. No! Uh, dying over Leonardo DiCaprio's body. So he got 22, and the people that you just mentioned, Joseph Biggs, not uh, also a proud boy, uh, sentenced last week to 17 years, mm-hmm. and Zachary Rell received 15 years. Everyone cried like babies uh, during the sentencing. Then right after he was sentenced, Joseph Biggs, you know, pretty much uh, showed no remorse whatsoever, was proud, apparently, of what he did, and he believes that Donald Trump will pardon him when Donald Trump returns to the White House, all of these folks, the reason why the, it hasn't hit them yet is they're all under the illusion, or maybe this might happen, that Trump is going to come back, win, and pardon them. Uh, which, yes. by the way, he will if he wins. Uh, but as of now, as of this recording, these mother effers are going to jail. And they're going to go to jail for a long-ass time. And it makes me just so happy. And I think we need that good news. Uh, by the way, the, the prosecutors were asking for 33 years. They should have gone 33 years, but he yep. got 22. But 15, 22, 17, those are some strong sentences. Also, Stuart Rhodes, the eye patch guy, uh, is the leader of the Oath Keepers. He also got a lengthy uh, sentence. Uh, so that's some good news. Uh, I'm going to spin the wheel a final time because mm-hmm. I think we have to connect all the dots here, right? None of this is happening in a vacuum, folks. I mean, you know, me and Danielle, we, we usually don't storyboard or outline anything. We just go uh, off the top of the dome and we try to stay aware. Uh, and we, you know, Danielle records like 600 podcasts a week. <laughs> so I have to catch up. But if, if you notice, we start off with Alabama, right? We start off with Alabama, uh, right-wing Republicans and their draconian efforts to control women. It ain't just abortion. Now they're going to punish anybody who helps women, right? You move mm-hmm. over to Arkansas, you got Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, pretty much inciting violence and threatening violence if their leader, Donald Trump, doesn't win. Uh, we go to Wisconsin. Uh, Danielle mm-hmm. mentions that the Wisconsin GOP gives zero Fs 
mm-hmm. we don't care that you elected her. We have power. We're going to flex it. Uh, we go to New York where a woman wa- was sexually assaulted uh, by Donald Trump. And the GOP doesn't care. They're, he's still their guy, their savior, right? And we go to D.C. where on January 6th, there was a violent insurrection led by tr- incited by Trump, led by Trump, uh, fueled by conspiracy theories. And we see that these conspiracy theories are fanned out through social media that have now radicalized individuals to commit violence and terrorism against both our nation and societies and communities, including those who are Jewish, those who are black, those who are Muslim, those who are Latino. Which brings my final wheel spin, (laughs) which lands on Mars. And Uh on Mars, there's Elon Musk tweeting. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. uh, Zeding. Uh, or whatever it is uh, uh, that he does. Uh, talk to us about Elon and, and how this is connected, Daniel. Okay, so Elon Musk, um, everyone's favorite uh, villain billionaire, <laughs> tweets. Um, first of all, it, it's it's a two part it's a two part story, right? And I'll make it quick. Uh, over the weekend, Elon Musk goes on a rampage against the Anti Defamation League. And he has hashtag ban ADL trending worldwide. Why? Because the Anti-Defamation League, which stands up for those that are impacted, marginalized uh, uh, groups that are impacted by hate. Uh, so that is everything from anti-Semitism to anti-racist to, um, to no, I'm sorry, not anti-racist, anti-Black to uh, anti-trans. All, the list goes on and on. But Elon Musk found himself uh, saying that the ADL, the, the group that fights against anti-Semitism, is anti-Semitic for what? Pointing out anti-Semitism. <laughs> and not only does he do that, but he then amplifies um, the, 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 the sphere of just trolls and anti-Semites and racists and just gives them just carte blanche. Take and over. Also, and do also, what Danielle, you like. he blames the Jews, specifically ADL, because what ADL yeah. is doing is standing in for the Jews here uh, for Twitter not succeeding, right? He blames the ADL right. for allegedly calling out the hate that has flourished, like you said, on Twitter uh, as being single-handedly responsible for the nosedive ever since Elon Musk has taken over. It wouldn't have anything to do with him platforming racist and anti-Semitites, no. would it? Okay, because no. uh, that would just be logical. Then Elon Musk goes ahead and tweets, quote, woke is fundamentally anti-human. And because I host a show called Woke as Fuck, I needed to reply with an oldie but a goodie from back in March, uh, a video where I... Uh, did a stitch on TikTok with the <laughs> woman who went on the white woman who went on a show who went on the hill uh, the hill dot coms show. What, and is it, pointed, was it Bethany Mandel? Oh, look at that! Yes, Bethany That's Mandel why they pay me the big money. Yes. Bethany Mandel. Bethany Mandel, when asked point blank, just when you say woke, what do you mean? And her response was a series of stutters and a deer in headlights face. And so I decided to stitch the video and provide the actual definition of what it means to be woke. And so when Elon Musk says woke is anti-human, what he is saying 
as a, you know, son of apartheid and colonialism is that to be conscious of systemic injustice and to use your platform, your feet, your pocketbook to be able to fight against what you know is true is anti-human. But being asleep, which is what he wants, is where the sheep should be. Because guess who makes money off of the sheep? Billionaires like him. So it's just, you know, we, we, we spun the wheel today, folks, because there is just so much to pay attention to. And why do we say it? Not so that you can, you know, just live your life centered around misery, but that you realize that we need alternative plans, not alternative facts, but alternative plans, because the Republican Party, this cult, this anti-democratic cult is not stopping, right? They are doubling, tripling down. And and on top of their legislative dismantling of democracy are calling people to arms. So it's like, we need to figure out, because I'm going to tell you, I do not believe that 2024 is going to be a safe election. Let us just say that. Mm-hmm. I believe, you know, I, I pray that I am wrong. I honestly pl- pray that I am wrong. But the acts of violence that we have seen thus far, I think, are going to get worse as we get closer to that election. And so folks need to just be aware, be on notice, but recognize that, yeah, the Democratic Party needs to do something than to tell people to vote because they're voting, they're turning out, they're electing the people that they want, and the Republican Party is saying, yeah, we don't care. And if you're not woke, that means you're asleep. And that's a hell of a way to live your life with your eyes wide shut. And speaking about the violence, we brought this up, uh, this example of how this violence is not going to just go against Jews and black women, queer people and immigrants and Muslims. Uh, We brought up the example of the mother who was shot and killed by another radicalized uh, right wing uh, 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 consumer uh, of this uh, of this hate news media, right? He went and shot and killed her because she had a pride flag outside her um, outside her store. She was a mother of nine, a straight white woman, an ally. And, uh, you know, the good news is, Danielle, as we're connecting with our audience, uh, yes. Q, our producer says, our listeners have gone up. You all have enjoyed us uh, talking our talk. And we've also wel- welcomed uh, a bevy of trolls. So welcome, trolls. We appreciate your comments <laughs> and love reading your alternative facts uh, on our Instagram post and our YouTube videos. But uh, we also try to correct uh, the record mm-hmm. and we try to be factual uh, in our commentary. And as such, uh, one of you, I believe it was Mary K. Stam, thanks so much. You reached yeah. out and said that I made a mistake uh, that the woman who was killed, she was not from Pasadena. Uh, she lived in Cedar Glen. And Mary Kay knows because uh, Pasadena is an hour and a half where she's from. And uh, she moved away from there because she goes, yo, I couldn't take it anymore. Uh, and she just wanted us to correct the record. She says she loves the show. Thank you so much. And she also says, I'm buying a pride flag, which should be delivered tomorrow to hang outside my new place in Idlewild because fuck that guy. 
and all the white supremacists <laughs> like him. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is it for us today on Democracy Ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Ajatali. And we will be back next week, dear friends, if in fact we have a country left. Inshallah.